everybody. Welcome to Rock and Roll Shinsu Chu, episode number 78. My name is Gabe Estel. I'm here with my co-host, Dennis Levi Leach and Jonathan Gatz. How's it going, guys? Fantastic. Feel pretty good. Good to see you. Happy summer. Um, I hope everybody's having a good summer so far. Tonight, I uh, got a little bit of a grab bag for you. Should be a lot of fun. We wanted, to, we were excited to talk and just kind of wanted to wrap a little bit. Um, and uh, want to remind everybody that uh, you can listen to all of our episodes at rockchew.com. And I'll tell you a little bit more about all the different ways you can listen to it at the end of the episode. All right. So tonight, episode number 78, we're going to go ahead and lead off with a little bit of a potpourri, as Jonathan called it. Um, And each of us is just going to sort of bring an unrevealed topic to discuss. Um, And then we're going to, after that, we're going to segue into uh, some bands and baseball games that we would like to see live. Um, And then finally, we're going to close it out with uh, the popular at least according to a few people, uh, show your cards. So we're going to have some baseball cards to share at the end. So we got three three items on the menu tonight. Uh, so let's go ahead and get started. Um, I believe Jonathan's going to lead us off with the potpourri portion. So Levi and I have no, um, uh, no idea what Jonathan is going to bring to us. So... I'm excited to hear it, so let it rip. All right, so I don't know if you guys keep up on current events like I do via Twitter, but, uh, uh, you know, Puerto Rico recently uh, voted once again that it it would like to become the 51st state, uh, which it probably won't happen anyway because Congress will put the squadoosh on it, but... Uh, and it got me thinking about the idea. You know, on that note, I would take Puerto Rico over some of the states we have. I won't name those states, but anyway, go ahead. Ooh, go this ahead. could segue into a state trade segment. Um, <laughs> Sorry to interrupt. Anyway. Trading ahead. states for territories, yes. Yeah. Um, but no, it got me thinking about San Juan again and the, and the idea of it being a good city to expand into for Major League Baseball. And I had kind of forgotten that in 03 and 04, the Expos played several games in San Juan, Puerto Rico, uh, when they were in between Montreal and Washington and making that transition. And so I thought that San Juan, it, it's, got, it's like a 2 million population, so that's pretty standard. That's like Kansas City. Um, that's just in the city of San Juan. It's two million people. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. The the match. Right. I think it's considered uh, the urban population is two million. Okay. Granted, okay. I, I I don't know what the median income is, is, and I'm sure Major League Baseball looks at stuff like that as far as you know who can support a baseball team. But and that that uh, stadium that the Expos played in capacity is about twenty thousand. Uh, so, but that got me thinking about you know if the MLB were to expand or if a team were to move. You know where would they move to? And I was curious where you guys think would be the top candidates, other than probably I think we all agree Montreal that the Expos should uh, exist again. Um, where else do you think that uh, MLB should consider moving to? Uh, and it, it could be expansion or relocation. Doesn't yeah, matter. yeah. If you want to go ahead and move a team and stick it to those fans, I'd say go for it. Yeah, yeah, right, right. Hmm. Okay, I'm gonna. I mean, I would just add a team, and I would probably say Nashville. Nashville's booming. Yeah, I think they could support. I mean, they love the Predators. Yeah, it's huge. Yeah, uh, yeah, you're right. It's it's a growing metro area. I'd assume that means more money's coming in as well, and 
you know, it's got kind of a younger crowd moving there with money as well. So, yeah, that's a good choice. Yeah, um, I agree with that. And there aren't really a lot of teams in that region. You know, uh, like if yeah. you look at sort no, of... you got to go kind of east to right. the Cubs. Look at like, the Cubs yeah. are the Tennessee Smokies. It's, yeah, it's just kind of yeah. college football and, right. and, and the Preds. Basketball. Yeah, it's competition would be yeah. college sports, you know, even, yeah, though, absolutely. even though they wouldn't overlap that much. Yeah. Um, yeah. That would that would be its competition. I mean, uh, unless like the Braves just set up so big of a firewall with TBS in the 80s uh, that it's just impenetrable, that you can't really fit anybody else in that region, in that like five state South, region. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I think Nashville should be considered. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, it's a good choice. Um, I'll go with... Uh, I, I guess I'll go with another area that's uh, that's kind of... that's that's booming. Um, and there's, you know, there's there's money there. Um, uh, it, it's, it's, it's kind of a crunchy town uh, and sort of a hipster town. You guys probably guess which one I'm talking about. Uh, I'll go with Portland. I, I, I think they could. They've got the population to sustain it. I, I mean, I, I think the metro area is is well over a million people, um, if not a couple million. I'm not entirely sure. Would um, they be the Portland hipsters? I don't know. Yeah, it's uh, Port- <laughs> like really cool, like fashiony uniforms and stuff. Yeah, yeah. The I, mascot I guess, like, is a different mustache every night. Yeah, <laughs> mustache like, race seventh inning yeah, mustache race. There we go. Um, so like the, you know, Oregon is like Portland is hipster. The rest of the state is like hippie, um, or or meth addict. Um, but anyway, <laughs> um, so um, but sorry, uh, that's me. Hitting, you were hitting the nail on the yeah. Um, but but um, yeah, I, I think they could. the The Pacific Northwest is um, a little bit of a, of a sports no no man's no person's land. You know, you've got obviously you've got Seattle being really the only pro sports market in that region, you know, like basically like North of San Francisco, essentially. Um, uh, and then Vancouver, I guess if you, you know, if you're counting hockey. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I mean, I think they could support it. Um, you know, the, the, you know, the weather's nice. Like the games would all have pretty nice, mild weather. Um, you know, they've already got an NBA team um, that they've had for a long time. So, yeah, I, I, I think I'm just kind of thinking about, like, you know, Levi mentioned Nashville. I think it's a good choice. I'm just trying to think of, like, realistic places, you know, that that could support it. And also, I think Nashville and Portland are they're they're interesting cities. You know, they're fun. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of stuff to do. Mm-hmm. You could put the you could put in either of those cities. You could put the parks downtown and you'd have a lot of foot traffic and, you know, all those things that like passionate fans. Yeah, right. Uh, they, so. So, yeah, I'll, I'll I'll go with Portland. Yeah, yeah, good choice. Yeah, and if if the uh, Seattle Portland MLS rivalry would be an indication, then Portland oh, yeah, and Mariners game. rivalry would be pretty stout as well. You know, I've heard that 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 MLS team up there like draws like forty fifty thousand people like to their games. Sure, wow. sure. Yeah, they, yeah. They, they, I mean they play in the Seahawks Stadium, mm-hmm. um, and like I guess the place is rocking. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. All right, so obviously, choices. like there's a, there's an appetite for sports there, you know. So. <laughs> did you have a Did you have a choice, Jonathan? Um, I, I'm I'm going to stick with San Juan. I think it San I think Juan? it would be cool. Oh, to, it would be cool. Yeah, yeah. M- move yeah. beyond the coast. 
yeah. 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 Well, we're sorry, Little Rock. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe next time. (laughs) I had had heard um, on on, um, the San Juan note and going beyond uh, the country's borders, like Mexico City would maybe be a possibility as well. Um, Big elevation there. There's a shitload of people there. Um, Coors Field South. Yeah, right. <laughs> so uh, that's another possibility, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, that would be cool. I, I would love for there to be more countries involved, for sure. Yeah, yeah, I'd like it as well. If, um, it, it, I mean, other leagues are flirting with the idea, so why yeah. not? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, with apologies to the Blue Jays, let's put the world back into the World Series. Right, right, yeah. Yeah, no, I would... I would. I, I, be, and since most... Yeah, since there's so much TV revenue, you know, um, obviously the teams could cover the travel costs. You know, there's not, that's not an issue. They can figure it out. Yeah. Yeah, right. So. Well, right on. Cool. Um, My little uh, topic is going to be on some of the new food that was introduced this season and Mm -hmm. that's been tried out so far. Mm -hmm. Um, Oh, at the ballparks? At the ballparks. Okay. Uh, In Arizona, they came out this year they've started a chicken enchilada dog it's an 18 inch an 18 inch grilled chicken enchilada sausage with what the doctor ordered queso blanco enchilada sauce pico de gallo (laughs) olives sour cream and tortilla strips it's like a monster whoa yeah is it in a bun then then yeah yeah there's an 18 inch bun and so i'm sorry did you say this was at a minor league park or was that no this is these are all this is all food at the major league ballparks it's all new for this season another thing this is the other thing from arizona i I gave them two just because i thought this sounded awesome it's called the d bat D bat B A T dog. The I D always want to say D bags, right? Say yeah. D, so no, no problem. The D bat dog, and it's an again an eighteen inch hot dog. This time they wrap it in bacon and then batter it and put jalapenos. So it's like a corn dog oh, that's like eighteen inches long with jalapenos and bacon and cheddar in it. Yeah. So oh, it's amazing. I would consider things like this, but it needs to be it needs to be less than thirteen dollars. I just can't right. yeah. fork it. I didn't. Out yeah, they didn't. Uh, in my research, I couldn't find prices on any of this stuff. In Baltimore, though, they came out this year with a crab mac dog. It's a hot dog hmm. topped with lump crab meat and mac and cheese and Old Bay seasoning. I, I'd do it. I'd do. Yeah, it. yeah, that sounds awesome. Um, yeah, and I, I'm down with it with even out the hot dog. You know what I right? mean? Just oh, yeah. give me give me a bun with the mac and cheese and the lump crab, and I'm I, I, oh, I yeah. go with that too. Yeah, this uh, the Cubs came out with a dog this year, and you might have to go to Wrigley and try this game. It's called the Kimchi Dog. It's a hot dog <laughs> with braised pork belly, kimchi, and ginger aioli. Yeah. You better hope that that game doesn't go into extra innings. (laughs) (laughs) That one, to me, sounds like the most appetizing of the ones you've described. Yeah, yeah, it's a a little more gourmet so far. Yeah, it sounds well thought out. Yeah, you you figure that enchilada that you described has to be at least like $28, right? And it's just like a gut bomb. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. And then so um, a couple more. The White Sox, you can go try this one, Gabe. They Mm. have a new... Oh my god, this sounds so awful. It's called the cleanup hitter, and it's a double cheeseburger 
topped with Italian sausage, mozzarella, and marinara. <laughs> and some drops of Todd Frazier's sweat. Right? Right? I, I, it just sounds so bizarre to me, man. Uh, uh, next yeah, time I'm at the park... A double I'm cheeseburger with Italian sausage, with marinara, and mozzarella. Oh, God. Wow. So yeah, what, um, what do you guys so, usually have when you go to the ballpark? I just get a hot dog. Do you? On it? Well, yeah. Typically, back in at Bush Stadium or Wrigley Field, yeah, it was simply like a hot dog or a hamburger. Um, now I don't really eat hot dogs or hamburgers, and sure. so at, at Coors Field they have a famous Dave's Barbecue stand. Sure. Wow. Okay. I get up on some, you know, some pulled pork or some ribs or. They got little burn ends and yeah, food's come a long way at ballpark. At ballpark mm-hmm. yeah, I got a couple more here. The, Jonathan, you could try this one. It's in Kansas City. Mm-hmm. It's called the Sunrise Dog. Okay, hot dog in a bun, fried egg, fried egg, bacon, cheddar, sausage gravy. The Sunrise Dog. The sausage and, and gravy. <laughs> <laughs> might be a little much. I think for a matinee game, you know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah a little for, for those brunch games. Yeah. Oh my god. Uh, this last one I thought kind of sounded good. Uh, this is in Milwaukee, and they came out with this year. They, of course, it's served in a helmet. Um, it's called the Brachos. B R A T, chos. Okay. Brats. So it's nachos topped with ground grilled brats, and then like all the nacho toppings. <laughs> yeah. Okay, I'd, I'd, I'd try that. Yeah. That sounds quick, reasonable. Cool fact about Milwaukee <laughs> is it's the only stadium in the MLB where sausage outsells hot dogs. Yeah, Milwaukee sure. knows what it's like. It's so knows so- where it's bread's buttered. The sausage race knows where its arteries are clogged. (laughs) I have one last one, and I saved it for last because I thought it sounded awful. And it's in Detroit, of all places. (laughs) They came out this year in a partnership with Little Caesars to make these personal pan Coney Dog cheese pizzas. And so on the internet, you can pull up a picture of this, and it's literally like a cheese pizza... With hot dogs and like mustard drizzled on it, it looks like it looks like absolute B A R F. Keep mustard far away from my pizza. Sorry. And hot dog. Uh, yeah. uh, so my to finish it up, like what what's your guys' favorite hot dog toppings? What would like if you had a dog at the stadium? What would your dog be? And like you mm-hmm. can name it. I'll go real quick to give you guys a minute to think about okay. it. Um, I just generic out and called it the Levi dog. Uh, a Levi dog is going to be a grilled brat with grilled portobellos, raw right. onion, because I like the crunchiness. In yeah, it. yeah. You like the, the, the steamed onions. But the key is it's got to be in a New England-style bun. I don't know if you guys have uh, ever seen yeah. these. Yeah, I've had, I've had a New England. Yeah. Where the bun is cut on the sides like it's a loaf of buns, and they mm-hmm. cut each and so the sides of the bun are toasted. Yeah, and it's good. I'm gonna, I'm, so I've got the brat with the portobellos, the raw onions, and the New York or New England bun, and then we're drizzling the white queso on top. Nice. nice. That sounds really good. Yeah, I've I've had the the um, 
we've we've gone to Cape Cod a few times, and I've seen. I told you guys I've seen a couple of the Cape Cod League games, nice. and they've yeah, they've, yeah. they've got they've got the hot dogs, uh, yeah. you know, with on the New England buns. Yeah, nice stuff. It's good too. They got clam chowder at those games too, which you know I <laughs> like clam chowder, but like that sounds really appetizing when it's ninety six yeah, degrees right. outside. Right. Um, okay i i think uh, in the in the kansas city tradition then i I gotta go with a barbecue slant so it'll be a very fine hot dog i'll keep the hot dog in there for the sake of you know sticking to the to the theme and it'll be encrusted in burnt ends (laughs) and then topped with um coleslaw and baked beans Oh, that's it. Give me like three of those right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, as far as what I would name that, uh, um, the Casey masterpiece. No, <laughs> <laughs> oh, trademarked. Right. <laughs> we we owe him six bucks now. <laughs> God, what is? <laughs> um, that's a good one. The cave dog. I uh. I've probably only eaten probably like two or three Chicago style dogs, and I've lived in Chicago for almost fifteen years. Uh, it's not that I have anything against them; it's just it just doesn't. Uh, I don't know. It just I just don't order them. Right? Uh, it's kind of like deep dish pizza. Like I liked it a lot when I moved to Chicago, and now it's just kind of like I could do totally without it. It's like it's it's tourist pizza, you know, as far as. As far as many people, many people who live in Chicago are concerned, okay. but anyway, um, I'm going to go with a Chicago staple of. Uh, I'll take I'll take my my kosher beef dog. Uh, I'll do that, which is I usually get that one when I'm at the White Sox park, and I want to infuse it um, with Jardinera, right? So nice. I want the Jardinera not on top, but throughout the dog, right? Hold on, what's Jardinera? Uh, like uh, it's chopped up onions and carrots and celery, celery. And stuff. Okay, in like okay. like some soybean oil, oil olive yeah. oil, and it's yeah. uh, you can get it mild or spicy, but like the traditional kind of spicy. Okay, yeah, it's good. Uh, some like I've seen it too with like cauliflower in it as well. Oh yeah, yeah, there's yeah. a lot of ways to make it. Yeah, so I want all that. Sh- I want like the head, like I want the carrots, the cauliflower, the celery. You know, spicy. The dog. Nice. And then I'll I'll keep one element of a Chicago dog. I like sport peppers a lot. Um, so yeah, mine is mine is definitely you're going to be reaching for the baby wipes uh, a little bit later after mine. <laughs> uh, but so yeah, I want the sport peppers then on top, and I want um I want a poppy seed bun. Levi specified buns. I want a poppy. <laughs> I want a poppy seed bun. Um, and then uh, you know I'm I'm a mustard guy so uh, but I'll so I'll just do like a, a Dijon you know nice just a, a straight up yeah so it's 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 spicy nice. it's a spicy dog but uh, so get a cold get a cold beer get a big beer to go with that nice and uh, that's that's my meal for the ballpark I don't need anything else right on and actually that that's a good point about the bun too I forgot mine my bun is Texas toast there you go there you good go. move Sorry. good move nice. um, no Gabe yours yours sounds pretty awesome actually. And I would, I, I, would, I would keep, you know, the Jardinera can get, you know, um, if you if you use a lot of it. So I would, I would have, uh, it would, it would be moderate, you know, throughout the dog, uh, when I infused it in there, you know, it would, yeah. I think we're ready to go into business, boys. Right. <laughs> Chew dogs, get them, get them at fourteen of your favorite ballparks. 
<laughs> cool. All right, so uh, what you got, Gabe? Mine, gosh, mine, um, I was kind of like sort of scrambling here to find. I was looking at, you know, what happened in music today, right? Um, <laughs> right, you know, real, real generic here. Um, but actually, a lot of shit happened in music today. Um, uh, interesting. Um, so this would have been uh, the Rolling Stones um, in 1969 introduced Mick Taylor. So that happened today. Uh, who was only 20 when he joined the Stones? Uh, so, so yeah, that was that was big, and obviously, I and many other people think that's the best era of the Stones, the uh, the Mick Taylor years. Um, Grand Funk Railroad uh, uh, played in New Jersey, and the opening act was a little band called Steel Mill, and I don't know if you guys know who was in Steel Mill, Mm-mm. Bruce. So Springsteen, as a as a lad, uh, and uh, Stephen Van Zant was in Steel Mill as well. Whoa, yeah, yeah, and maybe somebody else. Uh, uh, Gary Talent might have been in Steel Mill too. I know <laughs> Bruce. And Steven. So yeah, they opened up for Grand Funk in 1970. That happened today. Uh, John Lennon made his last TV appearance. Um, to in, 70, or... in, in in 75, uh, he was on. Um, it was like a charity show, Salute to Sir Lou Grade. Hmm. So he, he, that was 1975? Yeah. He, he wasn't was, on he was TV for, for five another, years? He was around for another five years, wow. yeah. Um, and then part of uh, a couple of the shows that went on Frampton Comes Alive were recorded uh, today. Uh, well, one of the one of the shows that was from the yeah. winter and in San Francisco. How many shows uh, uh, comprise uh, Frampton, Frampton Comes Alive? Like- I'm not sure. Um, oh, well, I think only two or three. Yeah, the one you know, it's uh, it says recordings from the these. He played two nights in June in 1975 at the Winterland in San Francisco, and you know they took pieces the of shows the from both nights. Okay. Yeah. Um, oh, both. So. so both at the Winterland. Yeah, I, th- I think there might have been another one in there as well. But okay. Both of the both from the Winterland were taken. Yeah. yeah. Um. And then the thing that got me um, thinking, uh, in I, and I have no recollection of this. Granted, I was young, but I just I don't remember hearing about it afterwards. Uh, in 1988, uh, today, June 12th, there was um, it was essentially a concert for Nelson Mandela, right? It was it was to celebrate Nelson Mandela's uh, 70th birthday. Uh, so it was kind of in the the spirit of like a live aid, you know, or, uh, you know, kind of political, um, so to speak. And it was, you know, just really kind of like a denouncing South African apartheid, uh, was really the purpose of the concert and also to, to celebrate Nelson Mandela. Um, and a shitload of people, um, played this. Um, it's, it's, you know, sometimes it's just called Nelson Mandela's 70th birthday concert. Other times it's like, they call it like, uh, like freedom concert or something like a concert for freedom. Or something like that, because I think I think he was still in jail at the time. Where was uh, it? Uh, it was at Wembley in London. Yeah. So, um, but the amount of people that uh, that played it. Uh, so Sting played it. Stevie Wonder was supposed to play it. He was there on stage, but uh, his synthesizer went out. Oh. They couldn't repair it. He got oh. so pissed off and he, and he left. Oh. He, he didn't. He didn't. He didn't play a note. 
So she had already played him the day, because and, and now you know they had like twenty minutes to fill. You know they didn't know what nobody knew what to do, because uh, he was like so distraught over this he just left. He walked off stage. Oh. Um, so they they brought out Tracy Chapman, who um, was kind of you know starting to get some buzz with uh, you know Fast Car, um, and she played acoustic. And there's the footage from that is kind of like probably the most famous live footage of her playing. Hmm. And, you know, it kind of catapulted her to stardom. Wow. Uh, so she filled, and she'd already played earlier that day, but she just was like, I'll go out again. Uh, or they told her to go out again. I don't know. But so she did. Um, George Michael, Whitney Houston, Dire Straits, Brian Adams. Um, so, uh, big charity concert. Um, so, yeah, those, those folks played. And Stephen Van Zant was there as well. Um, I'm trying to, th- I, I just mentioned kind of the big ones. Uh, but there were some other people. UB40 uh, played it. Um, there was a lot of, you know, a lot of collaboration. Oh. People came out. Um, uh, some 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 South African musicians were there as well. Uh, and also, um, I, 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 you guys remember that big, I don't know if they still have it, but it was in the 80s. They always had that big uh, comedy concert for the homeless called oh, Comic yeah. Relief. Mm-hmm. Right? It was Whoopi, always on HBO. Whoopi, Whoopi and Robin. Billy yeah. Crystal, yeah. Um, so, like, Whoopi kind of, like, introduced the bands. And that that, uh, that Scottish guy, Billy Connolly, introduced some bands as mm-hmm. well. Um, so it, it, it definitely was kind of sort of like a, a merger of all those big 80s kind of charity events, you know, around pop culture and, and music. So I wanted to ask you guys... If you guys could go to one concert in the 1980s, what would it be? Uh, it could it could just be like you know because I know that's a lot to chew on and you know just putting you on the spot. Oh yeah. So like it oh, it could be it could be just like an artist and like a tour. It doesn't have to be you know June 12th, 1986, <laughs> you know, something like that. Uh, catching uh, first artist that comes to mind would be Springsteen, the aforementioned. Okay. Springsteen to catch him early on in the eighties. Like, like, uh, did he tour for Nebraska? I don't know if I would. I think I might still prefer a band thing. I don't know my, how much E Street band. Yeah, tour he I'm, did in I'm the 80s. torn right now between Dire Straits and Prince. Dire Straits would be a, a blast, and yeah, yeah, obviously Prince too. Yeah, catching yeah. Prince at like First Avenue. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah, that would be intense. What about you, Gabe? Difficulties. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, Dire Straits would be for. I assume that like the what the Money for Nothing tour or something. Yeah, uh, yeah, Brothers in Arms. Yeah, you yeah. gotta. I would want to almost go to that tour not just for those songs, but to be able to hear all the stuff from the back catalog too, like up to that point. Oh yeah, yeah. I bet I bet those that Brothers in Arms tour those sets were pretty solid. Yeah, one of my favorite, my probably my favorite Dire Straits song is "Skate Away." I can listen to it like all the time. Huh. I don't know why. I just <laughs> I love that too. Good choice with Dire Straits. Yeah, um, yeah. I would. Gosh, you know, um, for me, it would probably be a toss up between either Prince, um, like around Purple Rain era, um, or. Um, I guess for the um, for kind of just the pop culture value of it, I, I, I wouldn't mind seeing the Thriller tour. 
You know, I mean, I mean um, yeah, yeah, I, I guess just for the event that it was. Um, for like the Jackson's Victory Tour? That would oh, been. yeah, that well, that would have, yeah, I mean, I guess yeah. that was that was right around the era of Thriller, yeah. right? Like, yeah. you basically got some of Michael's songs and you got the Jackson songs. Yeah, yeah, I, I uh, yeah, I, so I would, I would definitely probably want to see Michael Jackson at his height, you know? Um, yeah, uh, or um, maybe like one of the early Metallica shows. I know I've kind of I'm giving I'm giving off a lot of choices there as well, but uh, it's tough. Yeah, so no, like, yeah, I think this so, is a question where you can give off multiple choices. Or early yeah, GNR so, show, or yeah, or that uh, like GNR at you know like the one of the smaller LA like the Whiskey or mm-hmm. the Troubadour or you know something like that like like eighty seven eighty eight right right. Right when they were just starting to get a lot of buzz, you know, the, mm-hmm. I'm sure I'm sure the energy at those shows was phenomenal. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. also cool to go back and see some of the early punk, like the Minutemen, or like, mm-hmm. yeah, just yeah. I don't know, placements. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, any of like the Minneapolis stuff would be cool too. Husker Du and replacements, you know, like all, all that stuff. I I could definitely be down with that too. Um, Pitchfork has a really good article on the history of first avenue in minneapolis mm. uh, that i recommend for anybody to check out if, if you're interested cool all right so moving on now um guys to the uh the next segment um devise this little thing where we've got to name three bands that are still actively touring um, that we would like to see live. The three bands that we haven't seen. All, all three of us collectively have seen uh, a ton of concerts, and I think a lot of the living legends, all of us can kind of check off the list. But there are still a handful of artists that we'd like to see um, who are still touring. And uh, the other one is, uh, we're going to talk about the same, uh, we're going to talk about baseball games. Uh, but these are games, obviously, that have already happened. So what, what kind of historic baseball games would we like to see um so jonathan i'll go ahead and, and start with you man you can you can leave this one off sure yeah um and i think that th- to, to start with the music then i'll, I'll just uh name those bands uh built to spill is a band that i've i've had a, a couple chances to see but i haven't because they always play in lawrence like on a tuesday night and it's just not uh, not the perfect conditions yeah. to, to go you know like Tuesday night in February in Lawrence Kansas isn't isn't ideal uh, but built to spill definitely because I've heard great things about built to spill shows uh, especially from our friend Alana and she's a big proponent of that uh, I've seen them I've, I've seen them a handful of times. have you okay yeah yeah mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. Um, where where have you caught them in Chicago uh, when I first moved to the city I caught them at the Metro this would have been like oh three oh well um, um, I mean they've been around for a long time. I mean their first record came out in like the mid nineties. Um, sure. Uh, I saw them in yeah at the Metro. Uh, I saw them once at the Vic, and then I saw them at Pitchfork. No, oh, okay. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. So yeah, so yeah, they're great. Yeah. Um, yeah, good, good, good. Uh, the the cool. two guitarists in that band are two two of my favorites. Uh. uh sort of you know the guitar pairing yeah i'd like to see that interplay live for sure yeah it works yeah, yeah definitely yeah um second second band actually more artists now uh grantley phillips uh 
formerly uh, the leader of Grantley Buffalo, but since technically Grantley Buffalo isn't active, I would have to settle for Grantley Phillips. And he just kind of plays one-off solo dates, small tours, a handful of dates throughout the year. Mm-hmm. Um, so he doesn't tour a ton. Uh, and I've n- never seen him come close to Kansas City since I've been here, uh, since I moved mm-hmm. down in 04. Uh, so definitely Grantley Phillips would be up there. But uh, lastly, uh, for sure, my the number one ticket that I, I need to get is Nine Inch Nails. And uh, I, I've probably had my opportunities there as well. They've played Starlight maybe a couple times since I've been in Kansas City. And uh, I've heard great things about, uh, about their shoes. Incidentally, uh, uh, my wife and I were talking to a, a woman who, she uh, she's an artist who uh, is a synesthete meaning that she uh sees uh she sees colors uh while she listens to music uh, and uh she said that the closest thing that she saw to uh her synesthesia coming to life was at a nine inch nail show where the light show seemed to sync with her uh with her own personal uh, synesthetic responses to the point where she wondered if somebody in the band was synesthetic and uh, so, not that I'm a synesthete in any way, but I imagine a Nine Inch Nails show is a uh, is a well produced show. I'm sure visually, yeah, it's interesting. I, I saw I was as you were talking that I went to the Wikipedia page because I'm like, well, who plays in Nine Inch Nails now other than Trent Reznor? Um, and Robin Fink is back with them. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah. Um, so, because it's it's been it's been kind of like sort of you know it's yeah it's it's sort of the trent reznor project yeah. you know um yeah yeah and i get that i'm not terribly picky about it but since they're getting active again they you know they yeah, released an ep be... earlier they got another ep on the way and a yeah. third scheduled uh it's i imagine pretty likely they could go on tour soon i would imagine yeah cool oh. yeah yeah what about you guys um well, my first choice is someone who I have already seen, <laughs> uh, Marty Stewart. Gabe and I had the the fortune to see him back in his like first go around, like in the '90s when he was becoming. Like, yeah, it'd a, have been like '92 uh, or '93. It was like hit country. So and now, what been... you have to do is you have to forfeit that show. Right? Like it, right? it's like it never happened. Right. <laughs> And, uh, and but the thing is, and why I want to see him so bad is just for the appreciation of his new music, specifically that new record that we've talked about, um, mm-hmm. "Way Out West." For those that are listening out there, it came out in March. Uh, it's just amazing, man. It's like his, it's like his Johnny Cash American recordings, or his like I, I don't know, you know what I mean? It just seems like it's his like. Big, you know, like I'm here now. Renaissance, it's like yeah. yeah, it's like I'm on a higher. I'm not gonna call him a country music legend or whatever, but like it's him showing that he's like an elder statesman. I, you know, I guess he's, that's he's paid his dues. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And so, and the band is is great, and I just think it would be a really fun show, especially with the tour being these these songs from this current record. Um, another one, and I, I've heard the guy is kind of you know. I think we've all heard stories where he may not be the most pleasant person to work with, but Van Morrison, I think would be really cool. And I've looked at some of the, the recent YouTube clips. He could still 
kind of sing what some of the songs pretty well, you know? So, like, I think it's like, if I'm going to go, I should go soon. Yeah. I feel like. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then my last choice is Herbie Hancock. He's another one. As I've gotten more into jazz and jazz fusion, it seems like his name's on half the records. Right. You know, whether he was jamming with people or there were his own records. And um, he's like 77 now, and he's still touring. Wow. And so... Uh, he looks great for his age, Oh, um, he looks amazing, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. well-preserved. Yeah, and so I, I would like to catch him as well. And, and now that I'm in Denver, I think I probably have a pretty good shot of seeing all three soon, hopefully. Yeah. It, I, think, right. I think Herbie Hancock and Marty Stewart may have been played here soon or coming up. I, uh, the, the, you know, he is having the money and then driving down to Denver on a Tuesday night like Jonathan mentioned. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Good choices. Yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah. Yeah, Van uh, Morrison I, though. I Van Morrison. I can't remember the last time that he came close to Kansas City. That's for sure. He played. I, I want to say like he played the United Center a couple years ago. Really? Wow. Here, so he, yeah. he he headlined the United Center. Yeah, which I thought was an odd venue choice. Um, Huge. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I I don't know how 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 filled it was, you know, hmm. um, but. But yeah, he he did. I, I I just I I remember seeing the. I, obviously, I can look this up, but I remember seeing the advertisement, hmm. um, and yeah, it, it kind of t- and, it, and it kind of catching me off guard, you know. Like, yeah, you would think they would have had him at like Rosemont or something. I would think it would have yeah. been at one of the theaters, you know, like or one of the bigger been, yeah. one of the bigger theaters downtown, like Chicago Theater, or the Auditorium, yeah. something. What, like what that. do they hold? Like a few thousand, a couple thousand. Um, Chicago Theater probably is more is closer to like thirty five hundred or four thousand. Okay. Yeah. Um, he seems like a guy that that would be well suited for. But um, anyway, so for mine, I went with. Um, they're all classic rockers. I mean, there are some younger bands that I want to see, but um, I figure the window is uh, is is closing yeah, on seeing yeah. many of these people. So uh, my first choice would be David Gilmore. I've I, I feel bad. I, I've missed a couple opportunities to see him. Um, I, I, I I regret it now. Um, I, he still sounds great. His his playing is really fluid. Um, I actually think his his last couple um, uh, records weren't bad. You know, I think On an Island's pretty good. Actually, it's a record of his that came out about ten years ago. Um, uh, I actually like it. So, like, I I wouldn't like totally you know <laughs> take a bathroom break when he played some new songs. I would actually want to hear a few of them. Um, so, uh, so yeah, he, he would be my first choice. Um, second choice, uh, another, you know, guitarist from a famous band we were, we referenced earlier, uh, would be Mark Knopfler. Um, I, obviously I want to hear all the Dire Straits stuff, but I, I really like all of his, his solo work as well. Particularly that album of his that came out like a couple of years ago called Tracker, I think is really good. Um, so I want to hear him and he sounds great still too. Um, and my last choice, um, I've always said that I would like to see Rod Stewart if I could write the set list. Like I, I don't, I don't, I don't want to see like you know Vegas Rod Stewart. Um, I, obviously, I want to. You guys can imagine what I'd want to hear from Rod. Um, the Great uh, American Songbook, Volumes One Through yes, Four. Yes, absolutely. Right? I was hoping he would do Forever Young. You know, um, not it's the Bob Dylan. Yeah, right. Um, but. Um, uh, 
so yeah but i looked and i was like you know i I didn't even know this until i looked it up um i was like well what what has rod stewart played lately i figured it was going to be like some vegas set list and he actually played uh they still have an isle right festival every year it's pretty big you know it's younger bands mainly um and he played isle right last night isle white excuse me um he played isle white last night um and the set list wasn't bad so um yeah you can look it up um he uh uh yeah he he headlined the final night of the the three-day weekend um and yeah there's some you know some i probably wouldn't want to hurt here but uh there's some others that i would so uh i look at it and um i'm like yeah i would i would i would check that out I i don't know how much money i'd pay for it but um I'd uh, I I would be satisfied. With he did he did a Crazy Horse cover. Yeah, yeah. Which I don't know if he does that regularly or not. Interesting. Um, yeah. Do you think I'm sexy? Yeah. yeah. Um, I'd like to hear Crazy Horse's take on Do You Think I'm Sexy? <laughs> uh, <laughs> a little a little split forty five there maybe. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so uh, so yeah, I looked at it, you know, and I, I feel like there's enough songs within that set list to to uh, you know to make me happy. Um, and he did a you know he did a Have I Told You Lately the Van Morrison cover as well. Um, so yeah, I I, I would uh, I, I would go see Rod if like the circumstances worked out, you know. Yeah, you, you so. know, looking at his his tour on Setlist FM, he's played about. 70 plus different songs on the tour oh has he so that's pretty good okay all right i didn't know he mixed it up that much yeah all right. i mean he, he's certainly got his staples in there that he's playing every night, but... are we gonna start following rod stewart is that what i'm hearing <laughs> <laughs> if, if, if everybody sees the mic dude the, the tapers at the rod stewart show that's us okay dude he's been doing shaker moneymaker nice, nice. yeah um yeah. handbags and glad rags in the parking lot for rod stewart yeah, um, and the, I'm just looking at the the Isle White set list still, and I'd assume it's a little bit shorter because it's a festival. Yeah. So his 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 regular shows are probably a little bit longer, I would guess. He played like 15 songs at Isle White. Um, so so yeah, I'll I'll I'll, uh, I'll, I'll go Not see. Bod. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Nice. Yeah, good choice. Yeah. So those are my those are my. Uh, my geriatric choices there. And that automatically defaults to the faces as soon as they announce their tour, right? Right, right. Cool. Well, what about baseball games applying the same concept, guys? Um, okay, so... Not same concept, oh, sorry. Reverse um, concept, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah reverse yeah. concept. So, games I could attend uh, in hindsight. Uh, I guess I'll go in chronological order here. Right. Uh, the first of which would be September 9th, 1965, Sandy Koufax pitches a perfect game. Sorry, Levi, against the Chicago Cubs. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, 1965, so that's near the end of his career, right? Um, it, it was his fourth no-hitter, so it was it was well into his... Yeah, yeah, well into his career. Okay. And he, yeah, against the Cubs uh, and Ernie Banks. Ernie Banks struck out three times that game and didn't make contact with the ball once. Koufax, he struck out 14 in all, so no shame there to Ernie, mm-hmm. including striking out the side in the ninth. He struck out at least one batter in each inning. Uh, in 1995, Sabre, uh, the Sabre group uh, pulled this as the greatest game ever pitched. 
Also because the Cubs starting pitcher that day only allowed two runners. So this was like a dual no-hitter at the very least going in in mm-hmm. to the midpoint of the game. Yeah. And uh so the uh yeah, the Cubs starting pitcher just allowed two runners. The one run that scored, the Dodgers won one to nothing. The this only run that scored was unearned. And uh I think the game length was an hour forty three minutes, and that's ah. that's my cup of tea. I know you guys prefer the longer games. I prefer the shorter game because at the same time in nineteen sixty five, I figured I could go uh, down the street in L A. and go watch Help that was still playing in the theaters. Yes, I looked that up. Ah, 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 ah. Um, that's uh, an hour forty three. That's just a little slice of baseball. I ain't even got my. That's like an app, a baseball appetizer. Oh, dude, yeah, the game was over by like two. It was <laughs> right. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's, that's awesome. Uh, so crazy. moving uh, fast forward to 1974, the 1974 All Star Game at Three Rivers Stadium in Pittsburgh. Uh, I just want to be in Pittsburgh Pete? in 1974 for okay. some reason. Yeah, um, is that the one with Pete Rose where he hits the? Is is that the is that the Rose? I don't uh, remember where he hits the catcher and like takes him out. I forget. Ended actually. that guy's career. Uh, that guy was on Ray the Ray Fossey, right? Yeah. yeah. Fossey. Yeah. So, but the the amount of Hall of Famers, obviously you're going to you're going to have a lot of Hall of Famers in an All-Star game, but this one seemed to have a particularly uh, good amount of Hall of Famers. Uh Fisk, Carew, Brooks Robinson, Reggie Jackson, Raleigh Fingers, Johnny Bench, Joe Morgan, Hank Aaron, Pete Rose, Steve Carlton. Uh 16 Jeez. those were the starters. Or uh, Raleigh Fingers came in in relief. Excuse me. Wow. Um, 16 future Hall of Famers played in that game. Damn. Wow. Um, uh, also, because I would have showed up three days early, and yes, I did this research, and caught Leon Russell also playing at Three Rivers Stadium. <laughs> Leon uh, headlined Three Rivers Stadium? Also headlining Three Rivers Stadium that year, um, The Band, Clapton, and Utopia. Oh, Todd Rundgren? Okay. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, like like not all together on one no day. no these were all separate dates at Three Rivers that summer. It's crazy to see Leon Russell at a stadium, right? Right, you know, whoa, yeah, that's a that's a big ballpark for for him. To, yeah, 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 that would be crazy. There's people having sex. I'm sure just like wherever <laughs> you could just like oh, yes, yeah. anywhere yeah. at the stadium, <laughs> right, right, wherever. So, yeah. yeah, yeah, just a few days prior to the All Star Game, so. <laughs> uh, and I checked uh, 1970 is that all-star game oh uh, when Pete Rose yeah okay uh, okay and I, I said the guy played for the Cardinals that wouldn't have made sense because they're in the same league right it's the catcher right? oh right right yeah, yeah. Uh, so then fast forward to 2004 uh, for my third game that I would like to have attended game seven not of our so I was a Red Sox a uh, pretty big Red Sox fan uh, before I moved to Kansas City and uh uh, game seven of the ALCS, I would take over game four of the World Series that year. Game seven of the ALCS uh, is where the Red Sox capped their 03 deficit to the Yankees. Yeah. Uh-huh. They did it at Yankee Stadium. David Ortiz hits a two run home run in the first inning. Johnny Damon hits a goddamn grand slam in the second inning, hits a two run home run later in the game. Uh, just to hear the, the the deafening silence of there were a lot of Red Sox fans there, mind you, because uh, they a lot of people sold their tickets. Uh, a lot of a lot of sinking ship Yankees fans sold their tickets to Red Sox fans apparently, 
and uh, Derek Lowe, on his meager $4.5 million salary, took down Kevin Brown, who was being paid $15 million that year. Uh, Kevin Brown went one and a third, gave up five earned, and Derek Lowe went six innings, giving up one earned. Red Sox prevailed to come all the way back for the first time in Major League Baseball history from a 3 nothing deficit uh, to make a trip to the World Series for the first time since 1986 where they would go on to sweep the St. Louis Cardinals in four games. Mm-hmm. So ALCS Game 7, 2004. Cool. That's a good one. Good choices. Yeah. Uh, um, yeah go ahead, go Levi. Yeah. Okay, all right. Yeah. I'll go. I'll go. Um, sure. So mine, uh, you know, uh, they're all White Sox um, games, uh, but I'm going to go with, um, obviously, this is an obvious choice, uh, even though it was in Houston, so it's in a, they won it on the road, which I know is a little bit anticlimactic, but, you know, it's my team still winning the World Series. Obviously, Game 4 of the 2005 World Series, I'd like to see, um, you know obviously uh and then uh with the white Sox, the white Sox played one of the longer games it actually had to be split over two days um (laughs) this is how we're different (laughs) yeah may 8th 1984 um it was a 25 inning game uh when you add up the two days they they stopped the game at 1 a.m and then played it the next day the white Sox won yeah so they just they called it at, at yeah. Um, and your ticket was good for both days, I assume. Then, right? I would like, I would guess so. Yeah, uh, it was at the it was at the old Comiskey Park. Yeah, Sox cool. and the Brewers. Um, and then the last one, um, gosh, you know, this is not really for the baseball, but for the the uh, the history of it and how um, I don't know how it's a trivia question now. Uh, you know, Disco Demolition Night took place in 1979. Uh, at the, at the white after the White Sox game, um, and uh, I guess just the you know I I I chose this game, um, but it's it's a little bit of a thorny choice because I, I I guess I didn't realize at the time you know like I first heard about demo dis, disco demolition when I was you know a kid and I was like well that sounds awesome just you know them blowing up a bunch of stuff, um, and you know it was a lot, obviously a lot of you know, Zeppelin, Sabbath, Van Halen, kids, you know. A lot, um, of, a lot of sleeveless denim in the audience. Yeah, right, 79, <laughs> you know. Um, kind of, uh, um, uh, you know, still still in the 70s, even though the decade's about to turn. Um, uh, you know, it's it's unfortunate now. Um, I, I, I think, you know, it was it was a different time. You know, that's, that's almost 40 years ago now. Um, a, a lot of the disco sucks movement, uh, you know, I, I think sometimes it was underlying just from what I read was kind of, you know, sort of a little had some homophobic, um, you know, uh, undertones sure, to it, which, sure. uh, you know, which is uh, obviously that's unfortunate. And um, uh, I, I, I certainly, um, you know, wouldn't be there to to to, to celebrate that. Um, uh, but just the, you know, I, I just the, the you know. The cultural ramifications. Yeah, the, the culture. Yeah, yeah like how how culturally significant, for better or yeah. worse, it was. Um, so so yeah, I, I I think disco demolition um, certainly would have been something something to see. Um, you know, re- regardless of you know the sort of uh, any of the um, 
you know, what fu- what fueled it, you know. Yeah, and what's so funny is, you know, they, they the, the disco demolition people, the pro demolition people, yeah, basically by, by, and they succeeded, you know what I mean? Obviously. Yeah, music disco kind of, to, music disco like, to go out of fashion then. Yeah, so, and like yeah. music languished for like a few years like sales were down for the first time ever in like the record history yeah. company history and it, it, you know they they hurt music by by killing that genre yeah hmm. yeah yeah they hurt yeah, music and, as a whole yeah yeah and, and and i i a part of me likes a lot of disco songs you know i i, I do i, and I like I, a lot know, of bands that have been influenced by disco yeah, yeah. by disco as well. there's something um, about that four on the floor beat man yeah <laughs> i i could see how it would be hurtful like i was reading a little bit about it and um a musician i admire a lot niall rogers um hall of fame inductee um you know who who played on a lot of disco records and you know was in chic um uh you know he said to me it was like you know um you know like a uh, like, you know, the Nazis burning books, you know, which, you know, might be you know, a, a dramatic um, comparison. Um, but uh, I could see I could see how someone who made the music would say that. And I know this is like making my choice sound like really unflattering now or something <laughs> like that. Um, but, you know, I, I, I it was like I said, it was kind of a at first I was like, yeah, disco demolition. Then I like, started thinking about it. Um, but still, though, I think just to just to just to see it i mean just to just to 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 see the event unfold um you know would have uh would have would have been interesting from a safe distance were there were from there a safe distance yeah. yeah were there a lot of rest made or was there any injuries or anything that night i forget i just i'd assume a few people got hurt you know yeah. Yeah. um yeah was I, there actual I, physical rioting or was it just kind of the the throwing of the Everything on the field. well, I mean, every, every, people storm the field. Yeah. You know? I mean that that happened. Yeah. Um, but uh, I, I I I don't think anybody got killed. I sure. Mean, to my sure. to my yeah. to my knowledge. Okay. You know? So yeah, yeah. yeah. That would have been intense. Well, it would have. Well, yeah. My, my my first game that I would go to. Um, my my I guess my third choice if we're doing them from from most wanting to least I guess is. The 1989 World Series Game Three. Dude, talk Pre-game. about dramatic, dramatic situation. The only thing that can shut up Tim McCarver is an earthquake. Proven fact. <laughs> um, that and John Lester throwing out a guy. Right. Yeah. Picking off okay. a guy. The. Uh, I remember live watching that. I remember watching that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, they were showing. Was, wasn't know? Ricky? They were showing a highlight of Ricky Henderson grinding the bases or something from the night before, or two nights before. And yeah, like he's taught, like McCarver. Get, they get they throw to McCarver, and he starts to talk about this highlight, and then all of a sudden, who I think it's Al Michaels is like, ah, we're having an earthquake. He's like, and um, it goes to like a technical difficulty screen or whatever, and um. I remember as a kid, like, I want to say they kept with it live some, because I I recall seeing, like, players then, like, they came back to it maybe after a commercial break, and there were, like, players on the fields, and everybody was, like, trying to get their family together. So, like, mm-hmm. the players were, like, trying to find their family in the stands and to get them onto the field to then leave all together out of, you know, off the field. And, um... 
Also, there was safety the, being on the field, too. Oh, yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, that issue of Sports Illustrated that came out that week where I want to say, is it Jeff Kent? Was he on the Giants then? Yeah, he would have been, right? Mm, no? I think that was before Jeff oh, Kent. Who was it? Somebody that looks a lot like Jeff Kent on the cover of the Sports Illustrated <laughs> carrying their kid, like, out of the stadium. Ah. Uh. Which yeah. is kind of crazy. The kid, I don't think the kid was injured, but the kid was obviously scared. Sure. And um, so, Levi, I, which player would you have latched onto to try to convince, uh, like, hey, you got to take me with you? Will, I'd probably Will either McGuire or Kaseko. Those are the two biggest dudes <laughs> on the field. I'd have been like, I'm gonna hide with one of these guys. <laughs> Who knows? My life could have turned out different. I could have. Levi's like, I know the back roads. I know the back roads to Oakland. I'll get us out of here. Right. <laughs> 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 uh, my my second choice is um, I'm a Cubs fan so this one the, there are two Cubs, it used to be we had basically you know the, the Kerry Wood 20 strikeout game um, and then the other game that I'm going to talk about but now we have a third game we can add to our, our lore and that is the 2016 World Series Game 7 sure um you know, it was tough to decide if this was going to be my first or my second choice, but I'm going to make it my, my middle choice. Um, it was just, you know, we, we all know what happened. We all watched it. It was amazing. It was up. It was down. It was a heartbreaker. It was joy. It was... It was a roller coaster it, of emotions. Like, it, like if you... Yeah, you can't script anything better than that. And, like, if you're going to makes an alien who comes to our country sit down and watch one game of baseball, I would make them watch that game. Leave, okay, Just let, because I think you could capture someone as a fan with that one game. Let, let someone me, who is completely foreign to baseball. Let me pitch this to you. If you, you could stay home and watch the entire thing on television, Game 7, or you stood outside the stadium until the rain delay, and it wasn't until the rain delay that you got inside the stadium to watch the remainder. Which would you choose? Oh, I would probably do the rain delay, get in the stadium. Yeah, right. And so you would you would like basically listen to the game until uh, yeah. until the rain delay. Okay. Yeah. All right. Cool. Uh, yeah. I uh, like I said, it was a tough choice which to rank these two. But my my top game I would have gone to, which um is just a, you know, the date is just a couple weeks away. 6-23-84. And I never really thought about it, but 23 is the man's jersey number as well. And that man is Ryan Sanders. Michael Jordan, oh. Right? Oh. Devin Hester, no. Um, <laughs> the Sandberg game. And uh, why it was called the Sandberg game is, A, it was one of the first nationally broadcast games that he played in that he busted out. Um, for those that don't know, he hit two game-tying home runs. Uh, I can't remember the innings exactly, like 7th and ninth, or ninth and 7th and 10th or 8th and 10th. Mm -hmm. But they were a couple innings apart or an inning two apart. And um, just from the footage, I have the whole game on DVD. I, I, there's a five-disc Cubs set you can buy. It's been out, you know, it came out in the mid-2000s. Um, it's got the Kerry Wood game. It's got some, like, Andre Dawson games where he did really good. And then it's got the whole entire Sandberg game. And uh, 
It's just insane. The place is going bonkers. Mm-hmm. He, the the Cardinals, okay, are what winning by a run. There's the guy on base. He comes up. They bring Bruce Suter in. Bruce Suter is like one of the most dominant closers of all time. So it's basically like the game is over. The, the announcers mm-hmm. are throwing it to like, hey, we've had a great game today. We'd like to thank, you know, yada, yada, yada. They're shutting down the game, the announcer. And he cracks it, ties the game. And so it's like, ah, that's amazing. The place is, <laughs> look, the place is crazy on the first home run. Yeah. So then, when he hits the second one, it's just, it's just absurd. The 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 place is literally crazy. People just and it was when people would just get drunk and throw their beers in the air when people hit home runs. That was like the eighties at Wrigley Field. Like people hit a home run, it's like your shirt's off, beers are getting thrown. It's just like, yeah, it was like. It so was just to be clear, you're choosing this game as. You would rather be at this game than Game 7 of the 2016 World Series. Yes. Wow. Uh, That's how much, A, I am a Ryan Sandberg fan, and B... How much you don't want to go to Cleveland. (laughs) (laughs) I've already been there, right? Yeah. (laughs) Um, Yeah, it was just... That game, as a kid, always meant something to me. Like, because... I was only, what, three, and so I heard about it from other Cubs fans, you know, Mm -hmm. it was like, you know, you hear about the lore of this one game and this one guy. Well, yeah, you didn't have anything else to talk about when it came to the Uh, (laughs) Cubs. And so it was, the the hype of that was built up to me. Like I said, it was tough. I had no idea. I'm going to YouTube it. Yeah, I have to check it out. Yeah, right. I want to see that, too. It's amazing. The place yeah. is going bonkers. Yeah, and, and but I don't know if I mentioned both were off Bruce Suter. Oh wow! Bruce Suter, after throw, he is mad after throwing the first one. After the second one, it's like flames are coming out of his ears. <laughs> like his heated pissed off that just happened. Wow. So yeah, to be able to to hit two game tying home runs off one of the greatest closers of all time. He's in the Hall of Fame, right? Yeah. yeah. He's yeah. one of the few closers who's actually in the Hall of Fame. I think he is, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Inducted in 2006. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. Yeah, God, Suter was good. Jesus. Um, he won a Cy Young. 1979. Uh, and I'm sorry. Yeah, 79. He won a Cy Young. I, I knew he, I knew he was good. I, I'd forgotten like he was that yeah. good. You know? He won a World Series with the Cardinals. Eighty two. Uh, yeah. So you know, he he had just came from the Cubs like a yeah, year or right. so before that, right. and uh, yeah, we we didn't get a World Series for another thirty something years, but we got that Samberg game on him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, pretty much ex- double digit saves his whole career, except for like the last two seasons when he was in Atlanta. Yeah, so good stuff. Nice. Or actually, actually, just one season he didn't have double digit saves. So very cool. You know, guys, I, 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 yeah, I, good good choices, man. Very very well well told too. You know, if uh, uh, Jonathan had mentioned the All Star Game uh, from '74, and by the way, that was kind of a cheat on my part to choose an all-star game to see all these hall of famers so i'll no, that, no it's I'll okay it got, it got it got me thinking i'm like well if i 
you know, if I had to swap out one, it would probably be the Disco Demolition Night in the sense that, you know, it's it's less about the baseball and more just about everything encircling uh, the events that night just to kind of watch it as a piece of history, I guess, uh, for better or worse. Yeah, I mean, um, it would be cool to see, like, Murderer's Row, the Yankees and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I, I looked at uh, the 1989 World Series. That's Or not World Series, All-Star excuse game. me, All-Star Game. It's the one where Bo Jackson was the MVP. I, I'm looking at the starting lineups right now, and it's basically like all of m- the baseball cards that were in my book, like the good <laughs> players, you know, the ones I would keep in my book. It's like yeah. all of them playing each other, yeah. right? Nice. Like the the National League starting lineup, I'll just go down it real quickly. Ozzie Smith, Tony Gwynn, Will Clark, Kevin Mitchell, Eric Davis, Howard Johnson, Pedro Guerrero, Ryan Sandberg, Benito Santiago, Whew, right? Yeah. Um, Rick Russell as, uh, as the starting pitcher. Um, which I, I would have thought 89 it would have been Hershiser, but um, anyway, that's yeah. just me. Um, uh, WIU grad, Rick Rochelle as well. Um, I didn't yeah. know that. Yep. Uh, and then the American League starting lineup uh, is Bo Jackson, uh, Wade Boggs, Kirby Puckett, Lone White Sox. I'm surprised. I mean, he, he was putting together good years, but um, Harold Baines, Baines actually started at say DH. Baines. Nice. Baines started at DH, yeah, my favorite player of all time. Uh, Julio Franco, Cal Ripken Jr., Ruben Sierra, McGuire, Terry Steinbeck, and then Dave Stewart is the starter. So mm. it's like, Sweet. yeah. So I mean, that's like I, that's like all my baseball cards, like my good ones playing each other. Yep. Yeah. yeah that would be amazing. Yeah, yeah. That, that would be. Well, where was that game played? Cards. Uh, Anaheim. Oh, okay. Anaheim. So the old, the old Anaheim. State. The old Anaheim before they renovated it. Yeah. Yep. Well, it is time in the evening for the show your card segment, guys. Are you ready? Yeah, I'm ready. I'm, I'm going to lead off. I've got a little story. So I was at Walmart, and I see a box of Topps cards that had a clearance sticker. And I'm like, I've never seen baseball cards on clearance. They never really reduce right. baseball cards. And it was one of those boxes where there's like, you know, five or six packs in the little box. And so I'm like, okay, cool. And it said holiday, like Tops Holiday. And so I'm like, oh, maybe this is some, you know, it was just some kind of holiday deal they did where you got five packs for cheap or whatever. So I get them home and I open them up and they were these cards that have snowflakes on them. What? Weird. They... They took the 2016 Tops cards and then added like snowflakes to the corners of them. Here is the the Nolan Arenado card from 2016 Tops. One with snowflakes, one without. And so I was like, what the hell? Like, after I opened the first pack, I was like, are you kidding me? So yeah, I have all these cards now with little pretty snowflakes on them and <laughs> a few like some of them the snowflakes have like glitter glued onto them it's like a little girl got wow. a hold of them wow. yeah hmm. but it, it, in the pack of holiday stuff i managed to pull a jersey card whoa a, jock. a tops holiday jock peterson card so nice. yeah awesome the, the snowflake jock peterson awesome cool um, yeah very nice yeah i couldn't believe it I just thought thought Holiday was like, hey, it's a value pack for the holiday or something. Like, I didn't realize they were stamping all the cards with Do you think what they do, Tops is like, man, we 
we aren't going to be able to move the rest of these 2016 <laughs> cards. Let's recall them. We'll sprinkle all the snowflakes on them and ship them back out. Relay right them. Right then. <laughs> wow, yeah. that's funny. Wow. So I'm gonna. I'll jump back to 1988 for mine. I'll stick in the tops genre, and uh, mine incidentally is a an all star card, uh, 1988, and it is a Matt Noakes, ah, uh, nice. the one and only Matt Noakes. Uh, he was uh, obviously was catcher that his rookie at the time. Year? Was that his rookie year? 88. Uh, no, he, yeah, he probably played a year or two before that. Yeah, I think I can, I can, I, I can find this. I out. think he played in '87 as well. Those were good-looking all-star cards. Will you show yeah. that again, real quick? Yeah. So everyone, that was '88. You said right? Yeah, right. Yeah, it was his second full season in '88. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. And because he was an all-star in '87, so this denotes his '87 all-star yeah. uh, selection. And uh, that year, he also won a Silver Slugger. And he went on to hit about 136 home runs, so not bad. Um, he he played I mean, until '95. Yeah, that that year was the the pinnacle of his career, though uh, by by far. Yeah, it sure. was. He had a little yeah. bit of a resurgence resurgence with the Yankees. Um, yeah, later right. he would hit like 268 with 24 home runs, 77 RBI. But yeah, nothing equaled that '87 year where he hit 289, 32 home run, 87 RBI. Mm-hmm. Um, Although that was behind. McGuire hit 49 that year. Uh, this Blue Jay hit 47. Can you name this Blue Jay who hit 47 home runs in 1987? Joe Carter. George Bell. Oh, the crime dog. Oh, really? Oh, okay. George Bell. Yeah. So, Matt Noakes, I just I, I Googled him earlier. Uh, in, like, 2010, he landed a plane. He landed his own plane on a on a busy highway. Successfully. Wow. Yes. Hmm. So, Matt Noakes, emergency plane landing. versatile. Jeez. Yes. Right. Wow. Right. Yep. Um. Good choice. Yeah. I. Uh, I. I. Um. I always wanted Matt Noakes cards. Uh, for some reason, they were they were always hard to get a hold of because he was he was like I think he was on the cover of a Beckett once as well. Sure. Um. Yeah. But uh, I, I I I've actually got a card from '88 as well, but it's a Don Russ. Um. Uh, I think we've discussed on the show how you know the Diamond Kings weren't always like the best player on the team it was just somebody that uh, contributed in a meaningful way uh sometimes it was the best player on the team like sometimes it would be you know canseco or george bell or you know somebody like that would get a diamond king like one of the you know one of the big players on the team um and there are some diamond kings i look at um and i'm like I, i i just i don't have a recollection of this player at all other and there's only a handful i feel like i I re- you know I can't remember a lot of things in life, but I can remember my cards pretty well. Um, don't ask me, you know, like you know what I did yesterday. But anyway, um, this one I no recollection of this guy. Do you guys recall? Um, let me just pull up a second. Jeff Robinson from the Tigers. Do you guys no. recall this Diamond King? No. no, I have that Diamond King, but no, I do not remember. Yeah, me neither. No is recollection he a of him. He's a pitcher. Okay. Yeah. Um, it says here, and it starts with this sentence, Jeff Robinson was the most dominant pitch, pitcher in the American League East last year, would have been 87, until he went down with a late-season hand injury. So, so like, he was, like, on his way, to, if you're going off this sentence, like, sounds like Cy Young-type territory, right? I mean, you know, most dominant pitcher in the uh, AL East, right? The divisions then were still seven teams in each, right? Yeah. So the so AL East deal. would have been seven teams. So yeah. it's a big, 
Yeah, um, big guy, six foot six, and um, you know, unfortunately, the uh, the last sentence then says, "But if the hard throwing Robinson can come back healthy in 1989, the Tigers will be a force again." Um, so it took a while for the Tigers to become a force again. Uh, but yeah, uh, I, I thought this was an interesting choice. This was '87 was really his like crowning achievement. Oh wait, um, that, that's an '89 Donruss though. I'm sorry, it's a it's an '89. Oh yeah, it is an '89. I'm so, I'm sorry, '89 Donruss '88 season. Excuse me, pardon me. Uh, my bad. No uh, kings, man. Yeah, no <laughs> shit. Huh? Uh, well, like 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 the copyright is one year, but then they're talking that about Donruss another year. Donruss was notorious. For right, that. right, yeah. yeah. Um, the copyright on the card's '88. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, but yeah, his he played um, actually his last season. He got a, about 50 appearances in with the Cubs in 92. Um, and he bounced around, you know, San Francisco, um, Pittsburgh. Um, uh, oh, hold on. Am I looking at No, guy? no, yes. it's, uh, there's, that's a different Jeff Robinson. Oh, okay, I've got the wrong one up. Whoops. Jesus. <laughs> well, there's Sorry, only guys. probably 37 that have played yeah, in this. So, and, they, and, they, and they overlap. They played at the same time, This too. This should have been your, your Detroit Tigers Diamond King. Yes, right, huh? Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, Jeff Robinson, um, no recollection whatsoever of this, of this player, but uh, he got a Diamond King. I so, remember yeah. that Matt Noakes card. I have one. Um, those... The All Stars and the MVPs in that card set were—I I just really liked the logo, and that was the notorious trade I made back in 1988. I traded—it was the Andre Dawson Tops MVP. It looks a lot like that mm-hmm. card where his face mm-hmm. and it said, you know, MVP because he was the MVP from '87. I traded that for the Mark McGuire Olympic rookie card. I had Whoa. I had one of the Mark McGuire Olympic rookie cards, and I was like, I'm a Cubs fan. I don't, and it was like I said, it would have been like what? It would have been right around '88, right when those cards just came out. And I was like, Ah, who's this Mark McGuire guy? He's not going to make it. <laughs> and I, I mean, the, you know, the, the tale of that whole story is, though, that, you know, I was a sucker for a while because the card was $100 or whatever, $150. Now the card's worth $5. <laughs> so I don't feel as bad Gabe, that I traded it. Gabe, you know, Jeff Robinson's real contribution to the Tigers was that he was traded for Mickey Tettleton to the Orioles. Ah, Mickey okay. Tettleton went on to hit 31 32 and 32 home runs in the next seasons for the Tigers. Wow. Jeff Robinson coming through for Detroit. <laughs> you know, you know the other Jeff Robinson, I believe was traded for John Smoltz. Oh, whoa. Wow. Yeah. I think so. So They're just chips. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah, if, sorry about, sorry about the error there, Jeff guys. Robinsons are out there and would like to talk to us. We'll do a yeah, whole Jeff absolutely. Robinson show. Come on. A- amen, yeah. Um, Let's get yeah, both of you on here. I, I, I want to do a series where we um, we kind of interview the improbable or, like, the unlikely Diamond Kings, you know? Oh, at the end of the <laughs> day, they're a Diamond King. We are not. So we are yes, humble right, in their right. presence. Yeah. <laughs> absolutely. I mean, I don't, I don't know if Jeff Robinson's phone's <laughs> ringing off the hook right now for interviews or baseball card shows, but, buddy, you're welcome here anytime. That's right. Uh, All right. Please welcome on the chew. That's right. 
Well, fun times, guys. Um, anyway, want to remind everybody, um, you can get all of the archives and everything Rock and Roll Shinsuchu at rockchu.com. Also, you can listen to us on iTunes. Please leave us a review. That would help out. Also, we're on a bunch of other um, uh, streaming and, uh, and uh, podcasting apps. So you can, you can, a lot of different ways. How do you chew? Um, there, there are many different ways you can do that. So, um, also, uh, you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at rock in chew. That's in as in Matt Noakes, Noakes. Um, so rock in chew. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter there. Like us on Facebook. Um, and, uh, yeah, tell your friends as well. So until next time, uh, have a good night and, uh, enjoy your June baseball. Take care. Peace. We'll keep it lit.